cool. It's a little cold, uh, chilly outside. The next day, it's a windy sandstorm like it is today, and chilly. You, th- you throw that on top of it. So I, I feel bad for your car. Um, and, yeah, that's just, unfortunately, the reality of being here in the 915 sometimes. You know who's happy about the car getting destroyed today by the wind and getting uh, just uh, completely covered in dust and uh, dirt? Who's that? My 11-year-old, because he knows it's how he can make an extra 5 or 10 ah. bucks this weekend when he gets outside, goes the old-fashioned way with the old hose, the soap, the chamois, the uh, microfiber cloths, and then the vacuum, and he gets in there and does it justice, cleans the car, washes the windows, makes a couple of extra bucks, and now to him, the dust storm just gave him some extra cash. Yeah, that's a smart businessman right there. Uh, I'm proud of Joel and uh, what he's doing. I used to do something very similar when I was growing up, so... So, yeah, I would be happy when it was windy when I was growing up as well because I'd get a little extra cash from my parents. Tell you who else is probably uh, ready to call my son up over the weekend and uh, have him wash uh, her car, and that is UTEP women's head basketball coach Keith Adams, who joins us live to begin the show right now here on the program. Coach, welcome back, and uh, always good to have you uh, lead us off here uh, on Sports Talk. Well, hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Uh, It's good to hear your voice, and I know that – you know, let me just tell you, you're talking about this tough El Paso weather. This is nothing. I mean, a little sandstorm, a little wind, it's nothing. It's going to be minus, maybe minus six degrees Saturday at the Kansas City Chiefs game, mm-hmm. and snow, and a blizzard, and below zero temperatures. So, you know what? We're warm down here. Things are good. No, it's all right. in perspective where you're at. You're right. I mean, I'm looking. Okay, check this out. I'm looking at your old. I'm looking at your old school. Okay, here's the weather at Wichita State University this weekend. Okay, uh, Friday it's nice. It's windy and 22 degrees is the high. The lows nine. Saturday it cools down to 13 degrees. Also windy. The low is zero. Sunday it'll. It's going to snow. The high is three degrees. The low is negative four. And then on Monday, it warms up to five degrees with the low negative five. So listen, yeah, we're sweating down here. It's this is great. This is great. It 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 puts it all in perspective. I understand. You know, it's funny when I came on my interview here. Um, was a really horrible windy day when I was going to leave. And everybody was so worried about what I was going to think. And I'm like, just a little bit of wind. I mean, I've seen tornadoes. Like, this is if this is the worst our weather is, no problem. No problem. So, yeah. It's all good. I, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. So all when right. you start thinking it's cold, just, just yeah, just look around. There That's you all go. you got to do. There you go. Uh, meanwhile, while the weather has been... You know, uh, not its usual self uh, around here, but uh, you, you said it right. best. It's better than it is in Kansas. Uh, yeah. your, your team is starting to heat up a little bit. And I'm sure for you, uh, timing is everything. I know the non-conference season was filled with uh, some highs and some lows. And like everything else, it's a feeling out process. You're learning about your team. They're learning about you. You had a couple of months now to kind of get everybody on the same page together. And then you put together a, a convincing win against New Mexico State last Saturday afternoon for your alumni reunion game. And now you've got mental health awareness game coming up uh, Saturday at 1230 when you take on uh, FIU at the Haskins Center. Yes, it's been, uh, you know, since we've come back from Florida um, and since we had the break, I've um, kind of simplified some things and just look back at what worked for us, what didn't, and pick some areas that I felt like we needed to really improve upon, and we've really honed in on those things. And it seems like we've – I think we've made some positive steps forward. Um, you know, we needed to score more fast break points than we had been and uh, make people pay for double teaming us. And, uh, you know, somebody fouls you, you need to go up there and make your free throws and make them pay for it. We need to foul less and shoot more free throws than our opponents. I've been really on them about playing defense without fouling. Just a little, a lot of little things. But, um, you know, this game Saturday is going to be a tough one. Um, Florida International is really good. They've got um, a good group. They they can score in several different players. 
Uh, they're a great rebounding team. I mean, they the ball goes up, and they've got players that are pursuing the ball every time the ball is shot. So we're going to have to be really physical and, and do a good job of putting a body on somebody and boxing out because um, they're really good at that. And then, you know, we're going to have to take better care of the ball than what we did against New Mexico State. We turned it over a little too much. Um, we're going to have to play really hard, and we're going to have to hit shots. And, and then I think the rebounding is going to be – Rebounding is going to be really, really big. We're going to have to do a great job. They're, they've got really, they got a nice team. Uh, they play New Mexico State here in two hours, so mm-hmm. I'll watch that game and and then we'll tip it off at twelve thirty on Saturday. Well, I know is this when I watched uh, your game uh, against New Mexico State and and saw the way uh, your team played, I thought they were consistent. I thought that was important. Um, I, I liked the way. Um, you know, Jane was playing, and I thought Tack, Wilson, you got a nice balanced effort. Uh, you also had uh, one of your players, um, is it uh, Tensai? How do you pronounce her last name? Yeah, Yvonne Tensei. Yeah. Tensei. Uh, she came off the bench yeah, and played she, nice. Yeah, she was 4-5 from the three and shot it well and and uh, did what, you know, we what we recruited her for. And um, it, it, that definitely gave us uh, an added presence out there from the perimeter so that was really good yeah you also rebounded them uh by a pretty good convincing margin 27 to 16 on the glass and you said it best you know you want to you want to break out more you want to you know want to win the rebounding advantage you, you want to do all the yep. the little things that you can and uh and, and uh, just get better and better i'm curious you know when you were most successful at utep you had teams that you could groom for years, and it was almost like um, you know you were able to get them from their freshman year to their senior year. They would you'd see their note, you know, their, watch their progress, yeah. watch the way they get better and better. The game has changed, as you are probably as aware of as anybody. Now um, you don't get that luxury as much anymore as you used to, thanks to the portal and the way that you know college basketball now has has become so. Um, I don't know. It's just so different than it used to be. And for you, um, does that does that change your coaching strategy? Knowing that you might only get some of these players for a year or two before you you have to look at uh, you know other fits. Well, it I tell you what, um, what it does is it makes your spring and summer be way different than it ever has been in the past. I mean, you know, I can remember when I was a JUCO coach. You know, we we were waiting till we didn't know who our team was going to be till midsummer. You know, because we were waiting on players that were Division One players but didn't get their scores and didn't qualify. And so, you know, man, we'd be we'd be waiting clear into the summer to see what those players were that were going to be out there. And then when I came to Division One, it was like, oh my gosh, it was totally opposite. You know, you want to get commitments early. Um, you got, you want to sign players early. It's complete, you know, reverse of what it was in Juco. Well, now with the transfer portal and everything you got going, it's almost like we're kind of operating like Juco's are too, where, you know, you don't know what your team's going to be till the end of summer. And you're, you're recruiting in the spring and summer, depending upon what happens with your roster every year, you know, and that's, that's where it's different. You know, you like to think that, you know, like Aaliyah Stanton's a freshman. She started for us. She's playing good minutes as a freshman. And, you know, she's getting good experience. Um, Dunya's getting good experience. Luis is getting some experience. I'd like to get her a little bit more in there. You know, you'd like to think that these young guys that are getting experience, that they're going to buy into what you're doing and that, you know, they'll be here to flourish that. And, you know, but you have no guarantee with any of it. You just got to. You probably got to balance it out. You got to get some. You got to get some kids from the portal every year. I don't know that you want to rely everything on that because that's that creates total chaos every year. But have some returners, have some portal kids, have some JUCO kids. I just think you got to do it in a melting pot way. That's my 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 feeling. You put all your eggs in one basket. Sometimes that might that might work great, but I don't know. I, for me, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to throw it up on the wall like spaghetti and, and get a mix from all of it. You know, I still think we ought to recruit high school kids. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of high school kids are getting looked over because people are going to the portal. They don't want to sign high school kids. There's some programs that are not. 
I guess for me, I'm going to try to do it in a mixed way and not just rely on one. And coach, it's really interesting because to your point, you inherited some of the players from last year and that's a recruitment effort in itself. Like what you're seeing with Mari yeah. Petrie and she's come along in these past couple games and has uh, contributed to you all. What do you see from somebody like her, which your biggest thing for her, I mean, as an outsider, I'm looking at it and I just see, hey, uh, develop consistency going into Conference USA play and get that extended uh, play time this year versus last season when she didn't see much yeah she was out last year injured and you know I think you know all the all the players that stayed I mean I'm very they've been great I mean their work ethic's been good um you know I think that they've been really good about um uh, accepting you know what we're doing and our and our, our players that we've brought in they've been really good and uh, I've enjoyed them um you know Aaron Wilson has been just a a, a joy to coach because she just comes in every day with a hard hat on and goes to work. You know, she brings you no issues, and she just comes in and, and gets after it. And, um, you know, Adele, Mari, uh, Aaron, those guys have been great. You know, Beyonce's come off of injuries, so she's been a little up and down. And uh, you know, we've had a couple others that, that's been in that boat, but they're finally – we're getting healthier with them, and that's been good. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's – you know, we – we we had a couple of players that, I mean, I wish we would have had two or three more that would have stayed, and I really tried to get them to stay. But, you know, they were ready to move on, and, and I think that uh, that's just part of the game, and you can't take it personal. Um, you're going to sometimes not like the portal when you have somebody leave and you don't want them to, uh, but you're going to like the portal when you can bring a player in like we did Jake. So, you know, you just got to just take the good with the bad with it. It's part of it. And, and I think as coaches, uh, you just can't get your feelings hurt, you know, because it's just part of it and it's going to happen. Um, and, and you know, used to, you had a lot of people leave, people be going red flags, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. Well, now it's, there's nothing really wrong. Sometimes I think kids just want to go try something different. And um, they like being recruited. And there might not be a problem or any kind of issue, but they just want what's a new flavor. Yeah. And so it's very it's very different times, but um, – you know, there's, there's you got to take the good with the bad. Your team is six and two at home. You're taking on a ten and five uh, Florida international team that's won four in a row. You talked about them earlier, and you know how good this team is, and and really what to expect as as they take the floor. Uh, at the same time, it is Mental Health Awareness Day, and we can't stress enough about mental health awareness because we see it uh, everywhere, especially in uh, college athletics. And uh, this is a promotion that I know uh, a, a lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, paying uh, pretty close attention to. Yes, absolutely. So, I'm I'm a very uh, strong advocate in mental health. Um, I can tell you that in my years of coaching, I've I've witnessed what um, mental health and people getting help and getting counseling and working through some of their uh, challenges. I've seen what that can do in a, in a positive way. And um, one of the things that I tell our, our players, you know, is that, hey, you know, there's apps, you're not, you go your whole life, there's going to be some times in your life that you're going to turn and need some advice. And you're going to turn and, 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 and need some advice. And there's not a thing wrong with it. You know, you go to the doctor when you sprain your ankle. You go to the doctor when you're sick. Um, if you're struggling, you know, mentally fighting depression, um, or maybe you've had something happen to you that you've had trauma. Um, I've coached, I've coached a few people that guess what had some things happen to them when they were young and suffered trauma and they needed trauma therapy and treatment. And there's not a thing wrong with it. You go to the doctor when you got a, a problem with your knee. And if there's some of these other things you have, it's the same thing. And um, so I always encourage our players that if anybody's struggling or fighting something, it's okay to turn to a counselor and to get some help and get advice. I think most people feel better once they've talked to someone um, and they get things off their chest. You usually feel better after you do that. And you might have some things that you're dealing with that you don't even understand why. And that's where the professional folks can help you through it. So, I'm definitely an advocate for it, and uh, we encourage our players if they need it. There's not a darn thing wrong with it, and 
So people out there, if you're struggling every day, fighting depression, don't keep struggling. Get some help so you can see life in a little bit better and you can feel better um, and be happier. And there's not a thing wrong with it. That game gets started uh, 1230 uh, at the Haskins Center with uh, UTEP and uh, FIU. And uh, for those of you that have not had a chance to attend uh, a women's basketball game yet this season, great way to do it Saturday at uh, 1230. Uh, In fact, uh, the playoff football games haven't started yet, so you can come home, watch all the football you want on NBC and Peacock later. Watch the minors. And then, um, of course, uh, you've got the UTEP men a little bit later on the road as well. And uh, tickets start at just $8. That's the best part about it, Coach. Eight bucks gets you in to watch uh, UTEP and FIU. Yeah, we need, we, need, we need our crowd to be there for us. We're going to need that. Um, it's going to be a big challenge, a big test for us. And I thought we had a great atmosphere with our New Mexico State game. And i just like to see more people come out. And, yeah, we're playing the game at 1230, which is going to be great for people to where they can see the other games that you just mentioned and, I know I'm going to be tuned into the Chiefs that night, and uh, you know, but it's a big test for us, and uh, I appreciate everybody's support, and and it's great to be back in the Don Haskins Center. My mom's back in town, and it, it feels good being back in there, and you know, we're just working hard to get our team to grow and get better, and uh, this 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 test on Saturday is going to be a good challenge for us. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you Saturday afternoon uh, out at the Haskins Center. Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve. You guys be safe, and uh, I'll ring Joel up to get my cars washed. I, now that I know he's in the business, so that's good to know. Please, he'll be ready. He'll be ready to work hard for you. I promise you that. Coach. All right, take you care. guys have a good night. You too. There she is, Coach Keith Adams, with us here, getting going. Twenty past as we get started. Let's get right back to it. Charlie One has our first traffic update here on our Thursday commute. Zero zero nine. Our telephone number five zero five six zero zero nine. Our thanks to uh, Keith Adams. For starting us off, we will also have a track talk with Eric Alwyn, uh, the voice of uh, Sunland Park Racetrack, uh, joining us here uh, in about 35 minutes from now. Eric will uh, lead off our 5 o'clock hour today. Tomorrow on the show, Lane Frank will be dropping by in the 5 o'clock hour. Plus, at 4.20, uh, we are going to get a chance to do uh, a little El Paso Locomotive FC. Excited about that part, too. In fact, we'll have the opportunity... Uh, coming up tomorrow on the show to have Andrew Forrest at 420 tomorrow. So Andrew tomorrow at 420, Lane at 5. Going to be a busy show. And, of course, the Foss is going to join us tomorrow as well. So uh, probably about 6 o'clock for Steve. It's going to be a busy uh, three hours, that's for sure. Yeah, the only problem is with Foss, you know, in the past we've gotten some guests. It would have been great to have, like, a Packers guest. You know, maybe we could get a cameo appearance from Aaron Jones or yeah, something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's hold our breath and see how how long that lasts, right? Let's see how we do that. Well, actually, I would be fearful to put, uh, you know, Aaron Jones in front of Foss because then Foss would try to compare his uh, Eastwood days to Aaron Jones' Burgess days. So, God, he go. probably would. He probably yeah. would. He probably would try to talk about how Foss was to Eastwood what Aaron was to Burgess. And then, exactly. And then the show would just go downhill from there. Exactly, yeah. So that, maybe not put those two in the same room. Just let them take each you know, just let Foss take the photo and stuff like that when he sees them in person. There you go. That's the way to go. Hey, uh, meanwhile, uh, Bill Belichick is out in New England. That was the lead story earlier this morning. Can't say we're surprised. Now the big question is going to be, where does he go? Because even though he's 72 – and would be one of the oldest coaches in the history of the game to uh, land a new job, you would have to expect Bill Belichick to resurface. Uh, the only, the only, again, wondering where will that be, Adrian? I keep hearing Washington with the commanders. That makes a lot of sense with the new ownership group. Yeah, and so another thing, so I just want to rule out the possibility that a lot of people are throwing out there that, oh, it's it's over. You know, Bill Belichick has no interest in coaching. I don't agree with that whatsoever. He has made it public. He's uh, people close to him know that he wants to achieve the Don Shula record and wants to surpass that record. Don Shula, three hundred twenty-eight 
all-time regular season wins. Bill Belichick at 302. So, you know, you think about that. It's a couple seasons right there. Uh, I mean, that's probably putting it lightly. Uh, you need you need probably at least, you know, three or four seasons. If you're talking about successful seasons, maybe closer to three. Uh, the first team that surfaced today was the Atlanta Falcons, which I found very interesting. ESPN's Adam Schefter mentioned them. Uh, they obviously fired their head coach and Arthur Smith after a failed experiment. They have their own issues at quarterback, so I don't know how that would work right there. Defensively, they've got some pieces. Offensively, I like Bijan Robinson. Drake London had some flashing moments this year, but uh, they seem far from being a contender compared to a team like the Chargers, where they could offer him, hey, Justin Herbert, right here. Uh, you know, they can offer him uh, things like that. You mentioned the Commanders. I think they even have a better roster, especially you look in, the, in that offense, uh, than you know the Atlanta Falcons at this point right now. So um, the landing spots are all there. I expect every team who has an opening to go after Bill Belichick. Is there a team in the playoffs right now that could hire Bill Belichick eventually? And I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. Could those teams, if they're not happy Mm. the way the first round goes here in the wild card round, make a coaching change and then pursue Bill Belichick? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I guess it's possible. It really is, especially with the Eagles. If they bow, imagine if the Eagles lose to, to um, Tampa in the playoffs. That could be the end of uh, Sirianni. He might be done. Yeah, that would be just like that. Shocking, right? After uh, sending to the Super Bowl last year, his two assistants, uh, Steichen goes to the Colts, yeah. has success there in year one. Gannon goes to the Cardinals. They look much better to close out the season. And then Sirianni's left bat behind in, uh, you know, Philadelphia, where he's having to have this makeshift defense led by who none other than Matt Patricia. Why are you having Matt Patricia out here leading your defense, man? I, I think that's probably one of the first glaring issues that this team had. And then, you know, you talk about the injuries. That is more of an excuse to me than uh, the reality, which has been them just free-falling right now. They're, it's not like they're losing to the contenders. They're no. losing to all the bad teams, too. That's true. Line ringing in, 505-6009, our telephone number, Sports Center coming up here in a little bit at the bottom of the hour as we continue. Atlanta's also another team. I think Arthur Blank would love nothing more to uh, bring Belichick in because he's swung for the fences so many times in the past and unfortunately just whiffed on uh, most of those options. So uh, that would also uh, make sense. And yeah, I mean, you know, you start to think about the jobs he would consider that I'm so interested in to see where Belichick would actually at this point think about going. I mean, there's, and it's a short list. And by the way, I mean, you know, uh, Arthur Blank, I'm sure uh, he would love it because Blank doesn't get involved. He just lets his coach run the show. You think? Well, that's uh, that's that's, that's what they say. They say that Arthur Blank doesn't meddle in day-to-day operation. I don't know, man. He seems he does, like huh? a meddler. He he does, and and he's an older owner. So it's like, yeah. why are you the one who's trying to talk? Um, it, it was their previous coaching staff under Dan Quinn, where um Arthur Blank uh, apparently meddled big time with him. So I know that was frustrating for Dan Quinn when he was previously with the Falcons. So I'd be a little concerned, you know, as far yep. as an owner goes. Yep. Yeah, I, I would be concerned with that one. Let me go back uh, to Adrian right now. He's got a Sports Center update, uh, bottom of the hour here, and we'll come back with more in a moment. We'll speculate some more on Belichick as we continue. Thank you very much. 33 now past the hour as uh, we continue here on the program. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. 505-6009. Get you right on in and through to Sports Talk if you would like to speculate on uh, Bill Belichick, the hoodie. Where does he go? Um, other possible uh, fits. I don't know if the Chargers really make a lot of sense. The thing about the Chargers is what's interesting is, you know, uh, they're kind of a mess too. Um, I don't know if the Spanos family would want to give Belichick the control he needs, but at least that's a team that can win. That's something interesting. Um, the Seahawks might be the best team winning wise that he could jump on from all these groups. I mean, you look at this commanders, Titans, Seahawks, Chargers, Raiders, Panthers, Falcons, I think of all those teams, 
Seahawks might be the best one of the group for for Belichick if he was to even get that shot. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, I would, well, I mean, talk about the irony, right? Plays uh, in one of the most, uh, I guess, kind of memorable Super Bowls that you could think of over the last two decades. Uh, Seahawks Patriots, and it was the final play. You know the Richard Sherman face, and it's because Malcolm Butler intercepted the pass from Russell Wilson. Should just hand the ball off right there. Instead, they threw the pass. It was an interception. In the back of the end zone and Bill Belichick had another Super Bowl ring so how crazy would it be if uh after snatching a Super Bowl from the Seattle Seahawks he ends up coaching them uh that would be crazy it would really would be crazy if that was to even you know could, could even happen that would be uh, kind of wild um when you think about it now if there was ever a team that you could say um you know it will not happen and he's not going to go Let's at least just get this out of the way. Um, you will never see Bill Belichick with the Jets. Right. Remember, he took the Jets for one day. One day. And then he left and quit and behave, became the uh, the head coach of the Patriots. So, you know, that's... Kind of an interesting storyline there, too. So. You, you know, uh, how much turmoil happened with the New York Giants? I'm not saying Brian Dable is going to get fired here or anything like that, but it'd be interesting to see these uh, teams out there right now who haven't made a, a coaching decision or who expect to return their coach from this year. Do they suddenly make a change knowing that Bill Belichick is now available for hire and, and make a decision like that? I don't expect yeah, him don't and uh, I'll, if we're excluding teams, I don't expect him and Nick Saban to reunite with the Cleveland Browns either. Ah, very funny. I like that. So, But the interesting thing is this. Nick Saban's done. He, yeah. He's you know, Belichick, they're the same age, and Belichick still wants to go because he wants he wants Shula's record. Yes, I don't he does. blame him. You're that close. I don't blame you not wanting to try to get that mark in the next two years. Right, and he's cared about legacy. He's talked about this in the past. He loves the NFL. He loves the history of the NFL as well. And so uh, the one thing that you can knock Bill Belichick on is unlike Nick Saban, his close friend, Bill Belichick struggled with adapting to you know the NFL in the the recent years. He struggled with drafting the right guys. Player personnel decisions really hurt him. Uh, you know, taking Mac Jones as early as he did, taking guys like Nikhil Harry who ends up flaming out in the first round. Draft wise, that's where you can knock uh, Bill Belichick over the past three four seasons. If the Cowboys lose to the Packers on Saturday, highly unlikely, but should that happen? Could we see Belichick replacing McCarthy? Yes. Simply put, yes. I think so. That's the splash guy that Jerry Jones would want, right? The and if only you thing can, that makes and, sense. And if you could hire Bill Parcells years ago and make that relationship work for the few years they were together, why couldn't you? I mean, listen, if Belichick was to ever take over a team that was built to go deep in and, and try to win a Super Bowl, that's the team to do it. Assuming that the Cowboys peter out again in the postseason and 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 you know have an early flame out, which I don't think is going to happen, but you never know. And to watch somebody like Bill Belichick, who coached the best defensive player who ever walked this earth, and Lawrence Taylor, end up working with Micah Parsons, one of the premier pass rushers of today's game, I love it. I love that mark right there. You could say Bill Belichick's coached the greatest defensive player ever and the greatest offensive player ever. No doubt about it. It's crazy, but that is absolutely a fair and accurate assessment. Now, he didn't coach LT as head coach. He was working under Parcells, but he was still the D.C. for the Giants in the 80s during all those glory years when he turned uh, Lawrence Taylor into a uh, into a sack, you know, a sack machine. And, yeah, it would be really interesting to see. I mean, listen. I I know I don't know what I mean. Cowboy fans are like, please let's this. I mean that that would mean they would lose to the Packers and have another early uh, d- depressing exit after winning a, a, a you know a, a division title. Let's be honest, Cowboys fans do not want Belichick because that would mean that things would come to a crashing halt here in this postseason. Yeah, exactly, and that would mean another off season of hope and and being sold on that kind of stuff versus the actual tangible success in the postseason, which they haven't seen under guys like Dak. Prescott. If you were the Giants, would you get rid of Brian Dable to bring back Belichick? 
It's insane, right? Because last year you won Coach of the Year. This year it was an awful season. Today yep. you heard how, or actually it was just yesterday. Things move so fast in the NFL. Oh, yesterday, yeah. Wink Market Martindale uh, was relieved of his duties on the team, and it seems like Martindale is up for a head coaching job right now. So there's a disconnect between the head coach, the defensive coordinator there in New York. They obviously regressed this past season under Dayball. Why would I mean if you're the Giants right here, why wouldn't you at least make a phone call, right? I know. I agree with. You. you know what's weird? Like when I was a kid, Wink Martindale was a uh, good-looking game show host who hosted Tic Tac Doe and a couple of other classics. This like version of Wink Martindale is this overweight, just I mean, kind of a cut off sleeves. Yeah, he's just kind of a you know gruesome guy, and he's a DC, and he's like the exact opposite of the Wink Martindale that I grew up watching as a kid in the, in the 70s and 80s when he was hosting game shows. Yeah, today's Wink Martindale sounds like he hangs out with Gator Richard and you know, hang, you know know does stuff like that. Just a, you know, an interesting individual who you'd love to have a conversation with, but maybe uh, tough to work for at times. Yeah, it could be a little tough to work for. I agree with that. Looking at our messages uh, here on uh, 600 ESPN El Paso, um, saw this from Pinky a little earlier, traveling around the world and experiencing tornadoes, blizzard, floods, monsoons, typhoons, hurricanes, lightning storms, earthquakes, windy and dusty, hot, grew up in it. I'll take this. Look at the rest of the country. There you go. I like that. All right. Nice job. And, and oh, he also forgot about volcanic eruptions. So that's good. Picky's experienced it all over the years in the military. Volcanic Everything. eruptions, man. Volcanic eruptions, a 7.6 earthquake. That's, uh, that's pretty good. I wonder what the scariest weather, you know, the the weather he was ever around. What do you think that would be? I, I feel like a volcanic eruption sounds awful, but uh, but you know what? Some of those other ones that he mentioned, like the blizzard itself, monsoon. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I agree. All right, twenty in front of five. Back with more right after this. Sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. We have a little track talk coming up here to begin our five o'clock hour with uh, Eric Allen. Anyway, um, all I can tell you is this, folks. Uh, if you uh, love horse racing, and this is the best story I've heard. I mean, um, last week we had one of our listeners uh, listen in to our track talk segment, and he ended up making ten grand. How about that? Won ten grand after yeah. listening to the segment. Alberto over here was telling me about this God. story. I couldn't believe it, and uh, it's got me thinking. Steve, do we got to start playing the ponies? Do I need to start uh, hitting up Eric Alwyn, also my guy Felix Chavez, and getting their uh, you know best ideas, best thoughts for the upcoming weekends? I-, I think we might need to do this as a collective. Imagine all the upgrades we can make to the studio if we just had like a studio betting budget on this. Yep. Um. You know what? That's true. That's true. Although. I wagered on the KLQ handicap on Friday and lost. And then you want to know the worst part? Um, my two bosses that were with me, Brad and JT, bet the exact same oh, wager and they lost too. Bummer. Yeah, it's, that's no fun. At least it, it's cool when you spread it out and so at least one bet wins. But, yeah, that's tough right there. Yeah, good point. Good, good point. All right. 49 past the hour. 505-6009. That's our telephone number as we continue here on the show. 505-6009. Um, this happened yesterday, and probably should mention this to uh, UTEP football fans, but the Miners landed a- another um, transfer portal player, and this time they were able to get Dylan Brown-Turner a former Florida State linebacker. Now, this was interesting. He was at South Oak Cliff uh, High School, three-star prospect, goes to Florida State, and now is a minor. So seems like seems like UTEP is, is getting their share of guys from the portal. Right. Now they've started to uh, flip the page over from the priority, which was the early signing period, to just get bodies. It was FCS transfers from Austin P. It was guys, some guys from junior colleges and high school guys. That was pretty much their entire early signing class. So you talk about this guy who came uh, came in yesterday. This is a plug-and-play guy from Florida State. This is somebody who can play immediately for them. And if they do run with the defense that they did at Austin P. 
linebackers are going to be subbed in and out all the time. Unlike this previous regime, they had maybe two mainstay linebackers, a third if they threw them in the mix, and that was pretty much it. It was Tyrese Knight, James Neal, that was it. And both those guys are gone, so you're having to replace your linebacker group, and that is really important for this team. Also, they added a Tulsa linebacker in Dorian Hopkins, so they are adding uh, guys left and right. Uh, Yesman Green is coming from Jacksonville State as well, so some FBS Division One transfers coming into the mix, along with Dillian, uh, Dylan Williams. He's coming from North Texas, a safety. So now they're really starting to capitalize on the FBS transfers here in the transfer portal. What I'm interested in is this. Um, Dylan Brown-Turner did not play as a true freshman at Florida State. So he could have redshirted, comes to UTEP as a redshirt freshman, and will have four years to play. And I mean, that's, hey, that's terrific if you're uh, if you're Scotty Walden. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, so UTEP Zay pointed this one out yesterday. So just to, uh, for everybody's reference, this current staff had a Power 5 transfer in, in Penny Baker, a wide receiver for the Miners who never was able to break onto the scene and help the Miners out with this group. And they, uh, in the previous regime under Dana Dimmel, they had a lot of Kansas State transfers throughout their time. Some guys would pan out. Some guys, they would never even step foot on the field, and that's just kind of the reality. I remember there was a big deal made when Winston Dimmel initially came to UTEP, and he was an example of an immediate uh, contributor for UTEP. But remember Nick Ost? He was a quarterback who came from Kansas State and never saw the field. So it's different. Some guys for Power 5, it works right away. They they just never had an opportunity to see the field. Some guys, it does not work out. Some people keep asking me, well, UTEP has every Austin P player that was worth a crap. But what does that mean? I'm like, well, it doesn't mean anything. We don't know how they're going to translate. But I keep this to, I want to keep pointing this out because I think it's important, okay? Jacksonville State had no expectations this year coming over from FCS to playing at Conference USA. They had a terrific season. A terrific season. For a, tra- for a team that was transitioning into FBS, I thought they were great. And that was a, a very strong FCS program. So now, Austin P, who won nine games last year in FCS and had a very strong season, uh, you know, their head coach and, and a lot of their players are coming to UTEP. And some people are thinking, well, whoop de doo they're all FCS guys. Well, listen, sometimes... We're not telling you you have to win and play Power 5 football. We're just telling you you have to compete in Conference USA. And if Jacksonville State could do it with Rich Rod this past season, why can't some of these guys come over? And uh, I'm not talking about you know beating Nebraska and beating Tennessee and beating Colorado State, but hey, why can't you go and, and play well against Sam Houston and play well against Middle and play well against Louisiana Tech? CUSA is not exactly a powerhouse, and there's no reason why some of these FCS stars can't see the transition working to their favor when they start uh, conference play. I felt like fans were uninspired after year one and two of Dana Dimmel, and it, and he it was up to his coaching staff and the team to kind of turn the corner in that pandemic-shortened season to give the fan base a little bit of hope. Now, I, I don't think the fan base this time around will have the same amount of patience if they struggle in year one and two, but those uh, struggles that they faced in 2018-19 when they went 1-11 and in back-to-back seasons, I don't think that's going to happen with this year's team right now they might be at they might have a similar record or kind of close to it knowing the teams that they're going up against but still if they're competitive if they show the upside that's i think what fans want more than anything here in year one under scotty walden can you imagine if it's like the most fun to watch three or four win team ever at utep and fans are like oh my god because they could see how this can absolutely turn their favor once the schedule and the non-conference starts becoming a little easier for them yeah exactly i mean fans would be super uh, they would be thrilled if that was the case. It'd be like all their uh, wishes have finally yeah. been answered uh, for all these years that they had to uh, suffer, really, through the Dana Dimmel era, with hoping for a lot of success. But when the results actually came, they just never really came as far as wins and uh, wins. More losses started to pile up instead. Hey, one hour in the books. When we come back, we've got track talk with Eric Alwyn. We'll talk about uh, this past weekend and what to expect here uh, as we get ready for a big, big weekend of live racing at Sunland Park. All that and more. Track talk next 600 ESPN El Paso 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus all right here we go third and final hour back with you here on Sports Talk he's Adrian Alberto's with us as well I'm Steve good to have you back 600 ESPN El Paso our home in fact uh you know 
normally on a Thursday night, we got a UTEP basketball game, but no games tonight. No men, no women. Just us till 7. Us till 7 tomorrow. Got a loaded show tomorrow, too. Andrew Forrest is going to stop by in the 4 o'clock hour. General manager of El Paso Locomotive FC. Then at 5, we got Lane Frank. Oh, my God, is he going to be on cloud nine? Will Lane Frank be showing up tomorrow wearing Michigan championship gear? He better. He better. I'm holding him to that. So he better. I want to see him with that. If he turned the if he already turned the page and he's in like a Mets shirt or something like that, I won't blame him either. Really? Yeah. Mets? He's got to celebrate and he's got to do a victory uh, parade for this uh, Michigan yeah. victory. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I'm excited about that. So that is also happening. And then, uh, by the way, I heard a rumor that he was in a suite for the uh, championship game. We got to wow. get we got to get confirmation on that. If he was, because if he was in the suite, was he with Michael Jordan and uh, Derek Jeter in that suite? Possibly. possibly they showed that him. suite. I was looking for him. I was looking for him at that point. Because, you know, if anybody could have found his way into that suite, it would be, uh, it would be Lane. You know that, right? Oh, 100%. And uh, he definitely knows the connect. He has the connections yes. to do it. Yes, he's, he's got the hookups. He has the hookups, folks. So Lane will be with us tomorrow. And then the Foss will join us as well. Get our preview on the Packers and the Cowboys. And then we'll offer our, our NFL picks tomorrow. Get through all those games and talk a lot about that. If you're just joining us, uh, a lot of good topics so far on the show. We've uh, we've touched on the NFL playoffs with some of the matchups. Last hour, we hit on uh, the Texans and the Browns, thanks to Joe, who called in. I also asked about uh, the Bernie Olivas uh, Sun Bowl uh, interview. By the way, got this uh, on Twitter yesterday, but... This was sent uh, to me on Twitter X direct. Jorge uh, Reyes said, if you watch commissioner's court on Monday, they are talking about sending bond money to the Sun Bowl. The judge wants to take it to the public to gauge the want. I can't imagine they would do both the Sun Bowl and arena. They didn't mention the arena. Now, uh, the reason we brought up the county and arena was because of a story that Max Grossman had. And he was saying that um, County Administrator Betsy Keller suggested to the commissioner's court they should consider contributing to the cost of building the city's planned arena. That was the story that Max put uh, on his website. El Paso Taxpayer Revolt.com. Every time I wrench in his website, I've got it's it's like I'm smiling. I mean, it's such a it's such a hilarious website, but that website is so Max Grossman, you have no idea, folks. That is if that if that doesn't sum up Max in a nutshell, I don't know what does. Well, especially because of the logo, right? The the logo that greets you right up at the top. It's yep. kind of scary. It's a weird color. It's the color yellow, so it's kind of an inviting uh, color. But that face and that hat, it's not inviting whatsoever. It's kind of like uh, the chief instigator right there that that byline it's not inviting right there no it's not in fact doesn't it kind of look like something out of a dick tracy novel i don't know what that is but uh maybe yeah oh man i i'm sorry i dated you on that one i'm really really sorry so you have you have <laughs> no you've clue. never you've never even heard the term dick tracy i'm looking it up right now and this is exactly yeah, this is this looks exactly like it. Not even close. It's 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 the carbon copy of it right here. So here's the deal, okay? So yeah, the movie came out in 1990. In fact, that could have been on your movie list of of movies to watch. It really could. Worth have. it? Well, I mean, look at this. Look at the cast: Warren Beatty, Al Pacino, Madonna, Dustin Hoffman, Dick Van Dyke, all in the same movie. Worth it? Yeah, worth. But it. I mean, but but when I think about Dick Tracy, he was a. 1930s American comic strip. He was like a tough, intelligent police detective. That was that was the Dick Tracy that they based the movie off of. They based it off the 1930s comic strip. So I apologize when I uh, threw the Dick Tracy reference to you, and you know you had to like do a little uh, do a little Google searching. But this is exactly it, right? Like this yeah. is the logo itself, right there. They just took the face off it and I think uh, so put too. it on the El Paso Taxpayer Revolt page he kind of made it yeah he did kind of take a, I, I, when next time we get max back on the show and it needs to be soon we need to ask him about if he ripped off dick tracy for his website 
Yeah, I like that. Really this. needs to be the uh, the question. Maybe he will tell us that he's a big Dick Tracy fan and collects uh, comic books. Could be. Could be. You never he's know. He's a historian, right? He. Oh yeah. He's a. Well, he's a. He's a history teacher at UTEP. He's a professor. That's right. So, let's work on booking Max next week on the show. Let's do it. We haven't had Max in a long time. That we need to do that. Friend of the program? Question mark. Listen, um, I was in Rome this summer, and Max took two hours out of his day and gave me and my son a tour of all of the ancient ruins, and he answered about 50 questions, rapid fire, that my 11-year-old was throwing at him in succession during that tour. To me, yeah. That makes you that makes you a friend of the program, and when when you have to do when you do that, and like you go above and beyond out in Rome, Italy, for us, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be okay with that. Steve, nice. I took his class. That man can talk, huh? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Especially about Roman uh, yes. architecture. Did he Did he get you out to Rome with him for a for a semester? No, he tried to sell me the class, but no, I took his. Uh, I took a better class, honestly. I took a special topics in art history, El Paso architecture, uh, sixteen hundred to nineteen forty five. So he uh, got us in the summer, and he for for three weeks we walked around El Paso. We started at San Eli, and wow. then we went to downtown, and nice. he would just like talk for hours. It was amazing, and I recommend that class to everybody. He is the most knowledgeable man on. Uh, you're gonna say on El earth. Paso. I know. You're gonna, yeah, I was on earth, but it's like yes, in El Paso most, about most, El Paso. The most knowledgeable man on earth. Listen, um, the truth is this, okay? When he's not, um, when he's when he's not involving his website and fighting crime in El Paso like he does. And let's be honest, that's what Max is doing. He's he's got the whole Dick Tracy thing going with his website um and he's and he's fighting. He's he's trying to protect the taxpayers. When he's when he just has his day job, yeah, Max knows a ton about the history. I think he just eats that stuff up. So, you know, that's that's his passion. Respect. Yeah, absolutely. And the truth is, Max will tell you something. He'll tell you that all he's trying to do is save money for the taxpayers. That's his That's his lifelong goal, is to make sure that uh, now that you're a homeowner, Adrian, and you realize where your tax money is going, Max is going to try to keep it where you're not having to pay an arm and a leg every year. Thank that's you, Max. His, that's his goal. Thank you for informing us, Max. That's what I should say. Thank there you for you. informing us. All right. Back to the original question. Max Grossman, friend of the program, question mark, yes or no? Yeah, big time yes. I mean, that the time that he came onto the show, it's still a highlight of at least the time I've been here uh, doing this show. Uh, the show. Fa- the fact that he was here for, what, three hours taking calls galore? Oh, yeah. It was it was like nonstop phone calls, and it was I, it was so much fun. Like He legitimately had so much fun debating uh, the topic of the stadium here with us on Sports Talk. He did. He did. That arena was, yes, uh, something that, um, well, spent a lot of money on. I'll put it that way. So, um, and you know what else? I, the thing of this, the thing about Grossman that's great is this: he like he fights different issues and different sides. So, like, there are some people that are like for him for one issue, and then the exact opposing side, he'll go on a different issue and they'll be for him. So it's like he doesn't really have a set side. Like he just picks whatever he wants to go with, and he like makes enemies across the city. I got you. Got to you got to admire that, right? It, it's kind of like you know some. Uh, I've heard people uh, cues or suggest that our p- uh, partner stations host on the morning show, Buzz Adams, uh, is an instigator to the left sometimes, the right sometimes, and I'm always thinking, wait, 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 wait. he just stands on what he believes, you know? Exactly. And, and it's kind of like what Max Grossman does too. He stands on his own thoughts. Yeah, he does. Doesn't necessarily, uh, you know. Have a set agenda when it comes to those two sides. Just picks issues. That's what he does. So, yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him uh, back on the show. All right. I have completely lost track about what I was trying to talk about in the first place. This set where before we brought up Max, we were on a, a post that came your oh, yeah. way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the post said, and that's right. Thank you for getting that done. The post was from Jorge. And it said, if you watch Commissioner's Court on Monday, they are talking about sending bond money to the Sun Bowl. The judge wants to take it to the public to gauge the want. I can't imagine they would do both the Sun Bowl and the arena. They did not mention the arena. Now, let's get back to Jorge's original uh, uh, message on social. Bond money to the Sun Bowl. How do you think El Paso would react to that? Because let's, let's think about this for a second, okay? They've already fixed up 
the west side of the stadium. The west side now has a beautiful press box. It has that GCU Terrace. It has that uh, top club. It has the walking area. It has the bar. They did a beautiful job with that. Would you love to see commissioner's court bring to a ballot to see if people want like more improvements to the stadium itself? And if that was the case, and let's just say they offered up another, you know, fifty million dollars to the Sun Bowl, do you think El Pasoans would vote it through? That's a great question because, and I think they might not, Steve, just to be honest with you, because they would just associate it with football. And to those people, I would say, look, there's so much more that goes on in the Sun Bowl than just football, yeah. specifically UTEP. There's uh, concerts that go on, the Monster Truck Jam. I That's mean, right. people who go to the Monster Truck shows uh, probably never go to, uh, to the, some of those football games. Some of those people who attend that, they, they've never gone to a football game in the past, but they still get to reap the benefits of going to the Sun Bowl. So to everybody who gets a chance to go to the Sun Bowl for whatever reason, graduation, whatever reason it is, I feel like people should understand the value in improving it and adding uh, new things to the Sun Bowl. When we spoke to Dr. Heather Wilson during the UTEP volleyball run at Memorial Gym, she told us, point blank, she's trying to book the Sun Bowl for more concerts than it's ever been booked before. Like She doesn't want to just book the Haskins Center. She wants to make sure that the football stadium can be a regular venue for the biggest shows she can get. And I'm sure the more money they put into it, the more attractive the stadium is. Yeah, that's a great initiative and a great goal to set right there for your university because they do. I mean, think about it. Like when they brought Guns N' Roses, how big of a concert that was. I mean, you don't even have to talk rock. You could talk pop music, like One Direction and how big of a concert that was, you know, a couple of years ago. Whatever it was, regardless, Sun Bulls brought some incredible events over the years. One Direction was like 12 years ago. It felt like twelve years ago, right? Yeah, you were uh, you were. Yeah, a I was in high school. Yeah, it feels like a, a couple of years. I ago. I remember yeah. that because it was on a Friday night during high school football season. Gosh, yeah, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> as hey, far as traffic goes, would you add seats to the uh, south end of the Sun Bowl Stadium? Would you uh, would you put seats in that end zone where right now all it is is that green El Paso, Texas, and and perhaps throw another ten thousand seats in there and make it a full bowl of uh, of of of, uh, of you know seated areas? If I had a priority list, I would go lighting before I would go mm. that, and I and I might even go as far as to say a, a second scoreboard. The way that SoFi has, the way yeah. that Allegiant has, more of the kind of innovative ones that you could put. On the north end of the the Sun Bowl to mock the other side of it. Where would you put it though? Because I mean, you already have the Larry K Durham Center area. So where would it possibly go above so, it? So it wouldn't necessarily be like your traditional ones. It would be kind of your more digital like screens. You know, more of those type of screens mm. versus a, a traditional jumbotron, kind of like they have at other ones. And what you could do there is put scores. You could put different sponsorships uh, there and their logos and banners and stuff like that. You see those at the end zones, and you see those at the bottoms uh, of the uh, of the stadium right now. You could do that across the stadium and make it look real modern. As what well. if they ripped out the benches and just put plastic seats everywhere? And then, of course, you've got the padded seats already, but that was the big renovation. The renovation is goodbye benches Hello seats. I would be for that too. I think that would be above my priority list versus adding more seats on the south side. What do you think about the lighting aspect? Like actually, it needs to be. They, they need they need LEDs. Yeah, and, I mean, and I wish, to, and, and I'll tell you this much too: if the county's going to go there, just just knock out the, the the Haskins Center while you're doing the Sun Bowl, and let's just get LEDs across the board. Because truth is, there's no reason why lighting shouldn't be able to have the ability to flicker on and off after touchdowns and not feel like you're shutting the whole stadium down for 15 minutes before you could turn it back on again. Yeah, I'm an outsider, but I would think that's a selling point to getting yep. more concerts, right? Because if you're able to mess with the lightings like that, that would actually be a, a really good thing for most of these uh, tours to realize, hey, the Don Haskins or the Sun Bowl, they do have the capability to host what we want. Oh, you're right. All right, more coming up as we continue here on Sports Talk. Hey, we're just uh, spitballing right now, but if you – let me ask you this, folks. Okay. We've got 40 minutes left to go on the show. I don't care if you call, get us on uh, Twitter and X or the app. 
three ways to do it. But here's the question. If you had your priority Sun Bowl list, what's the one thing you would want to see improve for the Sun Bowl Stadium right now? Give us your number one improvement for the Sun Bowl Stadium. Okay? And then we'll try to price it out based on what you say it is. 505-6009. Let's keep things moving as Sports Talk continues. Here he is, Charlie One, 600 ESPN El Paso. Stephen, El Paso Metroplex, we have a few trouble spots, but the main thing is we still have the rainy conditions. Not heavy rain, but light rain, enough to make the road slick. Line ringing in, 505-6009, our telephone number here on Sports Talk. All right, so we're asking you a simple question here in our 6 o'clock hour. You can make one improvement to the Sun Bowl Stadium. What would that be? Tell us. We'll try to price it out once you uh, give us the lowdown. In fact, I saw this uh, a little while ago from Ivan. For the love of God, he says, new and more lights in the Sun Bowl. Speaking for all video and photogs. Sun Bowl legit has some of the worst lights in all the country. Yeah, it's he's not wrong. I mean, it's just outdated, I would say. Yep. And um, you know, the I was just researching some other stadiums across the country and specifically older stadiums. So I I looked at the Rose Bowl right now, Steve, and just recent enhancements that they've had to the Rose Bowl Stadium. Because one of the parts that we love about the Sun Bowl is so historic. You don't want to compromise uh, what the look is and how beautiful of a play uh, of a venue it actually really is. Uh, so I was looking at the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl led. Legacy Foundation from 2017 all the way up until this past August, they raised $40 million in a fundraising campaign. This campaign targeted things like improving the LED stadium lights. So even the Rose Bowl had to fix their own LED lights. It also had to help out the venue's water and gas lines, the internet, which we talked about that with the Tony mm-hmm. the Tiger Sun Bowl. It's been an issue for other Sun Bowl events, just the Wi-Fi internet and, and all of that. And they actually did a second video board at the Rose Bowl because of this uh, improvement. So there you go. Okay. Um, I have already um, inquired into the cost of lighting, uh, LED lighting, for both the Sun Bowl and the Don Haskins Center. I seem to recall that it's, an, it's a million-dollar job. I don't know if it's, if it's a million-dollar job. For, I think it's a million-dollar job for the Sun Bowl, and it might be about two fifty for the Haskins Center. But i got to double-check that and see if that's right, Adrian. i got to make sure I'm right on that. Yeah, it's real interesting, too, though. At least you have numbers to kind of see, and maybe UTEP can look at that and say, hey, or not just UTEP, the city yeah. of El Paso, and say, hey, maybe yeah. we can uh, afford something like this. Or maybe the city would rally and say, hey, look, we are in favor for improvements to the Sun Bowl like this. Maybe El Paso Electric could donate the lights. Ooh, I like that. that I like be, that a lot. That would, that would be nice. You listening, El Paso Electric? That would be fantastic if you could do that. All right, let's go back to the phones. Enrique is uh, joining us as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right, Enrique, you can make one improvement to the Sun Bowl Stadium. What would that be? I'm going to have to go with the seats, Cap, and I say this because, I don't know, have you ever been at the Fenway Park yet? Have I been where? Fenway. Oh, Fenway. Yeah, I've been to Fenway. I don't know why, but this last game at the Sun Bowl I was at, it felt like I was sitting in Fenway seats butt to butt. My butt was hanging out off the seat. I usually sit on on the, on the edge. I think this one improvement would be good, you know, improving the seats. So you want to get rid of the benches and replace those with with seats? We'll make some improvements on the benches or something. You know, well, but I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. If we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna do anything to those benches, let's put in some plastic seats. Yeah, we might lose a we might lose a, a couple thousand in the process of, of fans just because you can't pack them in like you can on benches. But it would definitely make for a much more comfortable experience watching a football game. And maybe right, and, and maybe there's an area where you still have the benches, like the student section and stuff, because you don't need seats everywhere. But it would be nice to have seats more than just uh, the, the you know the, the blue club area. Let's put it that way. I agree. No, that that sounds that sounds nice. And then before I get off the phone, I wanted to give a shout out to UTEP Day. I've been following him on Twitter, and Cap, that boy is going places. I am so impressed with the way he speaks on the air, the way he handles himself on Twitter X. 
he's got me so pumped for UTEP football already. He's been covering the the commits and the transfers to UTEP. He has got me pumped, yep. pumped for 2024. That's awesome, man. I'm happy Zay's got you ready to go because Zay is up on it. He's he's just uh, you know the truth is this. The truth is, Adrian, there is no better hype man in UTEP land than UTEP Zay. He really should be the official UTEP hype man. Yeah, and I like it because you know you can actually talk. You could talk um, like he he can give you realistic expectations, but if yep. he is bullish on somebody, he will make you fall in love with that player. Like That's right. like for example, today he throws out the highlights of UTEP signee running back Ashton Emery, and it's just, and he's like highlight. He's literally doing this like video editing highlighting uh, highlights of uh, Ashton Emery and posted on all his social media accounts. So yeah, if he's bought in on somebody, he's gonna let you know about it. Good stuff, uh, Enrique. Yeah. We'll pass that message yeah, along quick. to Zay, man. Thank you for bringing that up. Get him under, get him under John Teicher. All right. I'll work on that. We'll see what we can do for you. That'll be good. All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks for getting in. I had somebody else tell me that UTEP Zay reminds him of Prince. Prince? Oh, Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. of the hair? Yeah, the, the hair and he the look. He cut his hair recently. Uh, he cut his hair yes. recently? Yes. He's now short hair. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. When, when he grew that hair out and he had that little mustache going, he, he did kind of remind me of Prince. Yeah, I like the comparison. I thought the the hair was, uh, you know, one of his mainstays. Yeah. He always told us that he likes to grow it th- throughout the whole school year, but he actually cut it recently. So uh, he changed his look a little bit, and he's in track. So we got to maybe uh, attend a little Chapin track meet here soon enough. And root him on. That's right. That's right. Before we get to Sports Center, let's go to Jim. He joins us next on the show. Jim, one improvement for the Sun Bowl Stadium, what would it be and why? Steve, I'm going to offer one improvement kind of way out there, but I think it's, if we're going to do something, let's do something big. Let's uh, enclose the Sun Bowl. Let's make it into a dome. Ah, so you want, to t- you want to put a top on that thing, and you That's want right. to... Now, now, realize this, though, um, and here's the question, okay? The reason everybody loves the Sun Bowl is the view. So if you if you yeah. if you do that and you dome it, do you make the dome like a clear see through so that way you you don't lose the view because that has always been what many fans have said and many outsiders have said is what makes the Sun Bowl so so special the view you get. You know I haven't thought about that, but that would be a good idea. Yeah, let's let's be able to keep that view because I'm not considered that, but I am considering our of 100-degree days in the summer, and that would help us have some concerts. That would make a nice venue if we were going to, say, host an NCAA regional. Yeah. We've got a big stadium to play in. You know, no knock on the Haskins Center, but you know that's what they're looking for now. Okay, I got a better question so, for you. I don't know if this is doable. Yeah. I don't know if this is doable, but what right. if, what if, it's a retractable roof. So that way, if you need to, you keep it open, but if it's time to close it, then it, then it closes up. You know, everybody else, it'll, like Phoenix has a retractable. They do. Houston's is retractable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about the others, but I know there's more than just those two. So, hey, why not? All right. I like it. Hey, Jim, you're right. If you're going to do it, let's do it. Yeah, let's go big. Let's go big. Yeah. I like that. All right. Good job, Jim. Appreciate the call. Thanks for suggesting Thank with you. us. We appreciate that. Adrian, that is first, that's the first time I've heard to dome the stadium. But, hey, I mean, with the elements and the weather the way it is, what if you did go retractable and you gave it the opportunity? Imagine if you could play a 2 o'clock game in September with the roof closed and know that it would be a very, very comfortable afternoon in El Paso. Yeah, I was researching this same idea because this was one of the thoughts. I was thinking of my priority list. I I, I looked up. Any retractable college football stadium, and there's not. There's not one. It's all really? NFL. I, I was surprised to see that, right? Because you know, you think, all right, look, um, maybe it's the the Arizona Arizona State Sun Devils, or maybe it's the University of Arizona. Yeah. No, there's not any that I could find. I'm I'm still looking right now. I tried a different search right here. Uh, I cannot find a single one. Now there are title games. There are, uh, of course, Texas Oklahoma when it's played at AT and T. If and when it is uh, the Big Twelve Championship, that's played at AT and T and stuff like that. Same with. 
the SEC championship game, it's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Those are all retractable roofs, but they're NFL you yeah. know, stadiums. Yeah, it's an interesting question Jim brings up. It really is. All right. I appreciate that, Jim. Thank you. We'll keep things moving in a moment, but first, let's get right back to Adrian. 34 pass, a little bit past the bottom of the hour. Here he is. He's got a Sports Center update for us. Thank you very much. As we keep things moving here, I'm checking, uh, checking the app. This one comes from Pinky. Sun Bowl improvement number one, cellular telephone service and internet access with digital tickets easier. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me read that again. Sumble improvement number one, cellular telephone service and internet. Next sentence, access with digital tickets easier. Yes, should be in wallet app, but number two, restroom improvements. All right. Well, we're going with one, Pinky, not two. So your number one improvement is cellular telephone service with internet. There we go. Uh, This comes from um, Ruben Ramirez. For once, talking to Ivan. You're speaking my line as well. That new turf absorbs the lights and has made it darker. Plus, those darn advertising billboards on the field just blow everything up. And those 1910 lights blow. Hashtag new lighting. Hashtag pronto. Okay. That's from Ruben. Uh, This is from Jorge Reyes. Priority number one would be public Wi-Fi at the Sun Bowl. Jim Center said it would cost a million dollars. This would help with getting more students to games. Can you imagine trying to tell millennials and Gen Z they will be without Wi-Fi for three hours? Yeah, you tell me as a millennial media member, and I'm going crazy, so yeah. Interesting. Esteban, the Sun Bowl is a historic facility. Leave it as is. It is also landlocked. The Texas Historical Preservation Office would need to approve any modifications. Hey, Max Grossman would get involved. Goody. I like that. He's not a fan of change. No, he's not. <laughs> Good job, Esteban. I was hoping Esteban had a suggestion for the Sun Bowl, but he doesn't. He just points out that, um, you know, it's a historic facility. So leave it alone. Hey, this, listen, my idea was retractable roof. That way, the thing could open or close depending on what you needed to do with it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a really, it's a cool thought too. Because man, you think about if you actually got a retractable stadium, how many indoor practices you can host, how many yep. uh, camps you can host as well, and, and doesn't matter what time of year. And then number one of them all, uh, the pro day that you can host and not have to worry about the whipping winds in uh, you know February or March whenever you have it. Oh my God, I can't wait to see what the first pro day is going to be like with uh, Scotty Walden. Very interested to see how he works that out. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't know how much involvement a head coach has, although I would say maybe he can use that new general manager, the liaison uh, coaching position that he hired. Uh, Maybe he can use that role to try to get more NFL scouts to the UTEP Pro Day. That would be nice. Um, Listen, I'm hoping he has some pull with that, aren't you? I'm hoping he does because uh, we've heard from players tell us over the past couple years that the turnout hasn't been great. So hopefully this time around they can get a better turnout. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, Tyrese Knight has a legit shot at actually making the NFL, too. He, he's uh, heading to the Senior Bowl, which is huge yep. for him, like we mentioned earlier in the week. So uh, he will definitely have people looking at him. I mean, I'm expecting Tyrese Knight to be at the NFL Scouting Combine. I really am. Wouldn't, I hope I mean, so. I would think that's a, I almost think that's a slam dunk, wouldn't you? I hope so. I think that, that would be a great uh, thing for him. Yeah. And, and he's shown it all season long in his entire career, so he deserves it. We'll come back, wrap things up next, 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. Sports Talk continues with you and 600 CSPN El Paso.